0: Welcome to the massage course, the lesson for the history of massage. So this we're going to wend our way through history and time and throw a bit more light on the historical aspects of massage so that you can understand where it's come from, its roots and how it's developed along the way to the massage that we know today. So if we start off thinking about where did massage come from Archaeological evidence shows us that massage is found in many of the ancient civilizations in China, in India, in Japan, in Korea, in Egypt, Rome, Greece and Mesopotamia. Massage is mentioned in literature that dates back to these many ancient times. The earliest recorded reference appears to be in the Na Ching, which is an ancient Chinese medical text which is written before 2500 BC. Later writings and messages came from scholars and physicians such as Hippocrates in the 5th century and um, Ambrose Parr in the 10th century, and of course there was Avicenna as well. Um, You know, these all are good, solid references to Massage being used. You know, if we look at Egypt, um, paintings have been found in the tomb of Acmantha, which is also known as the tomb of the physician. Um, and these are thought to date back to 2330 B.C. They depict two men having work done on the feet and the hands. Now, it's presumed that this is uh, evidence of massage or some people look at it as evidence of reflexology because of working on the feet and the hands because obviously there are reflex points in the hands and the feet. So, if we move to India and we look at the Sharaka of Samhita, which dates back from 300 BC, is believed to be one of the oldest uh, of the three ancient treatises uh, of Ayurvedic medicine. It includes massage and the Sanskrit records indicate that massage was practiced in India long before the beginning of this recorded history. Um, massage plays a very important role in Indian life. It's part of the Ayurvedic text, it, you know, and the Ayurvedic text dates back 4,000 years. The rishis, who were the holy men, um, developed the Ayurvedic medicine. The rishis made huge advances in medicinal knowledge, and they also made huge advances in the knowledge of anatomy and physiology. So, Ayurveda is derived from the Sanskrit words of. Aya meaning life and Veda meaning science or knowledge. So you can see that they were building a science and a knowledge of life. And the way that life works on such things as physical, spiritual and mental bodies. And they were looking at bringing all these into balance by the use of massage, by the use of therapeutic herbs, by the use of the, the way we live our lives as well. So, if we then jump continents again, and we're off to China this time, um Deng Di Nijing, sorry for my pronunciation, uh, was composed during the Chinese Spring and Autumn period. This is the beginning of recorded history and is thought to be around 722 to 481 BC. It's a compilation of all the medical knowledge that was known up to that date and forms the foundations of traditional Chinese medicine. Massage is referred to in 30 chapters of this writing and it shows different massage techniques and how they should be used to treat specific illnesses and injuries. These texts are also known as the Yellow Emperor's Inner Canon and it refers to previous medical knowledge from the Yellow Emperor who was around 2700 BC um, text is still available today and it is still used in the study of Chinese medicine if you can get hold of a copy and have a look do because um, it is quite interesting. Uh, there is Bianke uh he was around seven hundred b c and he's thought to be the earliest Chinese physician who used massage in his medical practice. We'll look a little bit about Buddhism and China and all things sort of rolled in at the moment um Thai massage um jvakamakbaka uh also known as Shivago kamarvpash. Um, was the founder of the traditional Thai massage and Thai medicine. According to um, the Pali Buddhist canon, Jivaka was the Buddha's ph- physician. He worked on and he codified a healing system that combined acupressure, reflexology and assisted yoga postures together. And this is still used today and traditional Chai, thai massage is generally based on a combination of indian and ch- chinese traditions jivaka is known today as the father doctor in thailand and uh, there are much documentation about him so if we look at um around 493 bc there's possible biblical references um, to daily treatments of oils, oils of myrrh, as part of a beauty regimen by the the wives of Xerxes. Um, and then we're going to move on to um, to one of the the well-known ones, Hippocrates. He was known as the father of medicine. He was born in Greece at about 460 BC and during his working life he described the effects of 300 plants and he also prescribed perfumed fumigations and fermentations one of his famous preparations was made from myrrh cinnamon and cassia and was called megalion uh, and its creator after its creator megalus he based it around a traditional Um, recipe. Unlike the Egyptian kyphi, it could be used as perfume, a remedy for skin inflammation and battle wounds. Hippocrates was a man that believed that surgery was the last resort. He was one of the first of the doctors to view the body as a whole. He created holism. And if you go into your notes, there are video links to follow to YouTube for more information on Hippocrates. One of his famous quotes is that a perfumed bath and a scented massage every day is the good way to health. It's one that we still endorse today. By looking after yourself, by using perfumes, by massaging the body, you are creating balance within the body, you are creating a state of good health. Galenus is the next one um, that we'll talk about. He lived in a d one twenty nine to two hundred He was known as Galen of Pergamon, um, which is the modern day Bergamo in Turkey. He was a prominent Roman physician, surgeon, and philosopher he was probably arguably the most accomplished of all medical researchers of antiquity, and he con- contributed greatly to the understanding of numerous scientific disciplines, including things like anatomy, physiology, pathology, pharmacology, and neuro- neurology, as well as philosophy and logic as well. You know a lot of them were sort of pre- practicing philosophers um, He was the son of alias Nikon, who was a, a wealthy architect and Galen received a very comprehensive education that prepared him for being a very successful physician and philosopher. He traveled extensively, he saw a wide variety of medical theories and he saw a lot of the discoveries that had been made around medicine as well before he settled in Rome. When he was in Rome he served prominent members of the Roman society. was eventually given the position of first personal physician to several of the emperors. Galen's understanding of anatomy and medicine was principally influenced by the current the then current theory of humorism and it was advanced by people like Hippocrates. Hippocrates' theories had dominated Um, western medicine and science and he uh, Galen built on these and he did lots of anatomical reports based on dissection of monkeys and pigs and these largely remained uncontested until about 1543 when the dehumani coropus fabrica was printed and published, distributed by Andreas Vesalius. Um, These included new observations and Galen's theory of physiology of the circulatory system endured until 1628 when William Harvey published his um, findings as in which he established that the blood circulated and the heart acted as a pump. Medical students still continue to study Galen's writings well into the 19th century and he is still very much accepted today that he hugely advanced the understanding of anatomy and physiology and the body. So we're going to just jump back into China again for a little while because we've sort of jumped around and we're going to go back to 581 AD. Dr Sun Si Mao uh, introduced 10 new massage techniques and systematised the treatment of these with childhood diseases using massage therapy and around this time in China They were establishing a department of massage therapy within the Office of Imperial Physicians. So they were looking to use massage as a treatment for ill health. So we're going to jump around again, we're going to jump continents again, and we're going to briefly look at Avicenna or Ibsenna. Now he lived from 980 AD to 1037 AD. He was a philosopher. Uh, Of medieval Islam. He used a lot of logic and medical knowledge as well. He worked with a lot of the Arabic texts and he produced a lot of books. One of his books The Canon of Medicine has been called the most famous single book in the history of medicine in both East and West. Avicenna, as we know, worked a lot with the actual um, extraction of essential oils, but he used them. He excelled in the logical assessment of conditions and comparison of systems. He worked with analgesics and he looked at relieving pain by methods including massage. So we're going to go off into the Middle Ages now and... Medical knowledge in the Middle Ages made its way from Rome to Persia. And many of Galen's manuscripts were collected and translated in the 9th century. And then in the 11th century, they were translated back into Latin. And again in the 15th and 16th centuries, they were used to help enlighten European scholars as to the achievements of the ancient Greeks. And during the Renaissance period there was this renewal of Galenic tradition and it played a very important part in the rise of the modern science. During 1150 there is evidence of massage abortion involving the application of pregnant onto a pregnant woman's abdomen of pressure. it can be found as one of the bas-reliefs decorating the Temple of Angkor Wat in Cambodia, and it depicts a, a demon performing such an abortion on a woman, um, and is being sent to the underworld. So it's this is the oldest known visual representation of abortion. So off we go into 1776 now. I'm sorry, we're jumping a little. Um, Joseph Marie Amiot and Pierre Martial Cibot who were French missionaries. They worked in China and they translated the summaries of the Yang Dai Neixing and they translated with it a list of medical plants, exercises and elaborate massage techniques into the French language. This meant that they were introduced into France so they were introduced into Europe and this Chinese system of medicine included medical gymnastics and medical massage so you can see the transition from China into Europe the teachings of the great professors and the great teachers and understanders of the body are now being spread all over the world and this is knowledge which will then be developed Francis Fuller in England and Joseph Clement Tissot in France advocated sort of an integrated system for exercise and movement for the preservation and restoration of health. These two pioneers preceded pere Henrik Ling, who was the man that really did start and move massage uh, toward what we know it today. Herr Henrik Ling lived from 1776 to 1839, and during his young life he was afflicted, afflicted by problems such as rheumatism and lung disease, and he developed gout in his arm. He began by doing a series of passive movements that involved stroking, pressing, and kneading the body, and he eventually noticed that this was having a positive effect on his health. So he began to work with this and Ling saw potential in what he called medical gymnastics. And he wanted to educate people about these um, exercises, this way of using what we now know as massage to help the body. This system became known as the Swedish movement or movement cure. And it wasn't till years after his death that the medical aspect was taken out and it became, became practised as Swedish massage. In 1779, a Frenchman called Pierre Martel Cibot published the Notice de Kung Fu de Bonstauce in a French language. It was a summary of the medical techniques used by the Taoist priests. And according to Joseph Needham, um, Subot's work was intended to present the physicians and physicists of Europe a sketch system of medical gymnastics uh, that they might like to adopt. Or if they found that they could actually make it better that was his one of his things as well. This work really is regarded with importance of the history of physiotherapy uh, because it almost certainly influenced Ling. In 1813 the Royal Gymnastics Central Institute for the training of gymnastic instructors was opened in Stockholm. Ling was appointed as principal and he continued to develop his Swedish uh, movement cure with the help of a friend named Ming. His full name was never recorded so we just know him as Ming. He was an expert in martial arts and Kung Fu based Chewie Na massage. When Ling uh, died in 1839 he named his pupils as the repositories of his teaching. Uh, The only problem was that Ling and his assistants left very little proper written account of their methods. So in 1878 a Dutch massage practitioner known as Johan Georges Mesger took a subset of Ling's techniques and systems and coined the phrase Swedish massage system. Notably Ling's techniques, but they've borrowed uh, French names, sort of effleurage, petrissage, frictions, tapotements, and vibrations as we know them as today. Um, each of these techniques is actually fundamental to Tu and have been practised in China for several thousand years prior to this. Um, in 1964, the Chartered Society of Physiotherapists achieved state regulation. And this is when massage therapy really started to move. We'd look back a little bit as well. Dr. Matthias Roth um, wrote the first book in English in 1850 on the Swedish movements. He also translated an essay by Ling. And between 1860 and 1890, George H. Taylor, M.D. of New York, published many articles about the Swedish movement cure. That he'd learned from uh, Pierre Henrik Ling. Nineteenth century, you get a lot of massage. It's widely used, and during this time, it was claimed that the Swedish massage cure had very many positive effects on general health and the treatment of disease. These were claimed, you know, and very much supported by the case histories written by George Taylor and some of them are still mentioned today and claimed as valid. When we look at massage today you can see where it's come from. It's come from its Chinese and its Indian roots. Ling did an awful lot to bring massage into how we see it today, into the Swedish massage, but in the last 30, 40, perhaps even 50 years, there's been a lot of developments around those massage now. And you get all different types of massage, but when you look at each of them and the movements involved in them, they can all be traced back along the line that we've just followed. So really, we need to understand where it's come from to be able to use it, utilise it and take it forward into newer techniques and newer ways of using massage. So that's covered the history of massage and we've taken a little journey along the timeline. So I hope you enjoyed your path with me and I look forward to meeting you again in the next lesson.